TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys and a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I mean, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Sports talk and more coming at you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, other side of the glass, the coach, and hopefully going to be joined by the big dog here in just a minute. On the uh, other side of the phone lines, apparently Big Dog is with us. It's post Casimir Pulaski Day. We know sometimes the dog goes out and party on those nights. We got March Madness to talk about. We got baseball. We got lots of news and notes, titillating tidbits, including, including a, a very famous hookup in the world of horse racing. How's that for a teaser? We're going to get to that later in the show. First, let's welcome in my good partner, Joel, the Big Dog. How are you, Joel? Uh, well, I'm doing absolutely fantastic, and I'm, I'm glad I was able to survive yesterday's Kashmir Pulaski Day, Coach. Yeah, I know it's a big day for you and your family. You uh, of Polish descent, at least in part. Did you go out and uh, partake again if you didn't join yesterday's show in Chicago area anyways? It's a national holiday, Kashmir Pulaski Day. Uh, uh, Coach, I was real busy yesterday. It was one of those crazy, crazy days. That, you know, I didn't get home until after 2 a.m., Uh-oh. And I was working most of the day, unpaid, obviously. Working you know, so, unpaid. Yes, I was uh, doing the sh- uh, a new opening for uh, Deadbeat, uh, America's Most Wanted Deadbeats. And uh, we were in Blue Island, and I was we were actually chasing down Deadbeat. So I got some good footage yesterday, Coach. All right, but I, I don't like the combination of words. Uh, uh, working, unpaid, and then obviously. Those three should not <laughs> go in the same sentence. But you got to change that pattern. I don't like it. Oh, I, I'm with you, Coach, and hopefully this week it, it gets changed. Yes. So we'll find out. So. Yes. Actually, if you just got rid of two letters, then the, th- the three words go very nicely together. Working, paid, obviously. If you just got rid of the U.N., you'd be okay. Yes, if I get yeah, the yeah, U.N. Which is exactly what Libya is saying right now, by the way. Yeah, I, I <laughs> hey, them. oh, blue 42, red 17. Are you still buying my uh, Muammar Gaddafi, the Joe Paterno of the Mideast? You know what? I've never seen them in the same spot ever together. It's interesting. Actually, if you put a little bit of unshavenness in a beard and take off the weird glasses, uh-huh. you know what? There's a, there's a little bit of Mohamar in the look of a Joe Paterno. Never thought of it that way. You ever notice what, how the Libyan um, crimes of the public seem to occur during the non-football season? Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Interesting. And remember the last Both have been time, on their jobs for 41 years. Last time there was a like a real major flogging, public flogging, right in the middle of it. Gaddafi had to stop and run off the field because he had to use the washroom. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've never heard Gaddafi talk about the College of Linebackers, but uh, maybe he slipped a time or two. Who knows? You might have uncovered something, Big Doug, because there is a, not a big, but a slight resemblance. It's close enough. Facial structure. Shape of the head, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, and think about how close uh, Paterno Italy is to Libya. 
I didn't know there was a city. I didn't know there was a There's an actual city called Paterno, Italy. Yeah, that's how, if you were from Italy, that's how you got your last name, was whatever city you were from. Very, very interesting. We talk about tough decisions. Quick, quick, quick. I won't spend too long on it. Sports guys on Talk Politics here, as long as we brought up Libya and uh, Mr. Muammar Gaddafi. Very, you know, in sports, you got difficult coaching decisions, tough calls to make uh, both, uh, you know, before game, after game, strategy-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Tough call right now for Barack Obama in the United States and for other countries as well. Because, as you know, Libya now, the the pro-Qaddafi group that is still in power, is now using their stronger military force, much via the air, big dog, in actually bombing some of the protesters and innocent people along with it. Horrible, horrible things on the, the human condition. Tragedies which we cannot overlook. Now, tough call. Because you want to step in and you want to eliminate it, but we know if we step in then all of a sudden the United States is going to look like we're taking over the situation. So, if you were in the uh, fine size 11 and a half of a Barack Obama right now, what? I think I know the angle I'd go, but what, what do you do? Tough call. Uh, you you got to let them figure it out themselves, Coach. And and have innocent people die. I, I hate to say it, but yeah. I okay. mean, we don't always have to be the policemen of the all world. Right. Uh, you're writing it off a little bit. I, I tend to agree with you, but. I don't like the way you're writing it off almost trivially because, I mean, theoretically, we have a way of preventing many already and many, many more maybe to come. Innocent people, kids, teenagers, wives, husbands, families, innocent people from getting killed. But you're well, willing to write it off and say, hey, we just have to let history unfold unto its own country. Well, what ends up happening is they, they really do need our help, and they need us to come in there militarily yep. and help. Uh, the United States only gets involved in wars if they're created by banks, and it's a fictitious war in the first place. So oh, they actually do need us. So why would we actually go there? That's, a, that's a very you know, dark, there's no Bay of Tonkin incident. And I don't, I don't know. No fake Pearl Harbor. I'm not with you on that one. Da- David Olson, our political correspondent, also our movie producer, and uh, what did we call you yesterday? Oh, the voice of reason. The voice of reason. I'm the two guys in a mic show. Exactly. Yes, well, the, the latest word is that he's negotiating to step down. Oh, he is. He is. Okay. So this thing could be over. Okay. Like soon. Which points to Joel's and, and many other people's, and the way we're going right now is let things unfold as they are. See, to to me, and that's I think the the way you 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 do want to go. You don't want to have the United States come in, and but it shouldn't be the United States if there is an atrocity going on in a particular country. And, and I'm sure I'm being glass half told full here and being way too overly idealistic, but it should be the United Nations, all the countries together saying, hey, what you are doing is wrong and we are not going to allow that. Not the United States, the United Nations. That's the way to go, in my particular opinion. So it's all the other countries. And again, I'm sure this is way too overly idealistic, but Big Dog, wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be a much smarter route to go than the United States even being as the leader in the movement? Yeah, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the United Nations because I'm well, really worried about I'm more worried about a, like a a one world government. But in this instance, uh, yeah, I'd much rather have the United Nations doing yeah. it so we don't get the finger pointing us as opposed to uh, what's going on right now. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, that's our quick little sports guys talk seg- uh, talk politics segment. And when we talk about decisions being made, it's a heck of a lot more critical than the decision being made at the end of the Wolford College of Charleston game yesterday, huh? 
I didn't get to see it, but I, I'm sure Coach was scintillating. Oh, scintillating, scintillating basketball action. You got to love it. Uh, this is tournament week, championship week, as we make the rather unsmooth tr- transition from Libya and Muammar Gaddafi to uh, who's dancing in the March Madness. 68 teams are going to get in, Big Dog, and welcome to our world. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so you didn't see any of the games last night? No, like I was saying, I was legitimately shooting stuff until um, like midnight and then took the train home and walked. Shooting stuff? Filming. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> you know, we could take that clip, David Olson, and he could put that just that clip, and you probably your radio career and public career would be over in a heartbeat. Well, you give me it would help. I was <laughs> can't hurt, huh? No, it can't. What are you talking about? Get that out there, please. All right. And by the way, yesterday was the last day to apply for the Chicago Cubs PA job, public oh, announcer. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not one of the twenty-seven thousand people who yeah. applied for it. But... I thought about it. I thought about it, but I know one of our cohorts, uh, Brady Stiff, fine uh, occasional co-host here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. He applied, and I expect him to be uh, to make the first cut and be in the top 18,000. That's nice. That's really good to know, Coach. <laughs> 888-463-6748, the phone number if you want to check in. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports. And Big Dog, we got just coming up after the break here, just, just to throw a little teasers out. The Iditarod, the Alaskan Slug Dog Race, on, on the docket. What did you do? <laughs> spring college football. A couple of schools oh. have already started their spring college football, and a couple of famous horses have hooked up uh, in, in the world of horse racing. So we're going to uh, address all of those vital, vital topics. Are you okay over there? I'm definitely okay. Are you talking David Olson? No, I'm, I'm talking I'm to you. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm, no, talk- I, I'm excited about it. All right, I'm talking to you. It was the Alaskan Slug Dog Race, the, the I Did a Rot. Okay, I thought you, I thought you said I, you did a rot. Thank you very much. All right, college basketball yesterday. There were uh, four teams that are in Big Dog, four smaller schools, if you will, that are dancing in uh, St. Peter's from New York, got in. They beat uh, uh, Iona. I almost said Iowa. They beat Iona for the MAC Conference Championship. Now, it's, it's kind of weird because there's two MAC conferences now. No, there, there has been for at least 30 years. Come on. I've the been Metro following Cal- – I've been Atlantic a fan of college Atlantic basketball. Conference. Yes. That conference has been around since <laughs> I was buying Street and Smith college basketball uh, oh, books. Love Street and Smiths. I mean, what? legitimate. I remember the one – and this is, how, this is why I know that that conference is around because I remember seeing Iona and confusing it with Iowa. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Keith – Lee was on the cover. Do you know what I'm talking about, Coach? From, from uh, Memphis From Memphis, State. yeah. Not, yeah, not Memphis. Memphis State. Memphis State. Very good. That was it. So, yeah, that, Great that afro. conference has been around a while, Coach. Six feet, 11 inches tall. I think he weighed 165 pounds. Great afro. And he was the center who went up against Bill Walton and maybe the greatest college game ever played by an individual. Bill Walton won, what, 21 out of 24 no, no, that he game? Wasn't, he wasn't on that team, Coach. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Keith Lee, that was 1973. Is that the Larry Keenan team? I don't know who was on that Memphis State team, Coach. That was, I have okay. no idea who it was. That was Larry Keenan, I think. Okay. I'm, yeah, mixing, I'm mixing up my afros. Yeah, Keith Lee was drafted by the Bulls yes. and then traded for like yes. somebody, and he never That's made right. it in the NBA, so it ended up being a really good trade. Very memorable, memorable career. I think he played two games. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're getting back to the MAC. So there's we all know the Mid-American Conference with Xavier yeah. and Dayton and those teams, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Zay- Day, Zayton. Well, Xavier's not in that conference. 
or North Dayton. They're in the Atlantic 10. Okay. All right. But you got the MAC Conference, which is the Midwest here. Northern Illinois, Central Michigan. Who else is in the MAC Conference? Dayton. No, Western Dayton's not. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Toledo, okay. Miami of Ohio. It's that one, the, the, okay. the cradle of, of quarterback yes. conference. Yes. Mark. Ben Roethlisberger and company. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so you got that MAC conference, but you were here to tell me for the past 30 years that I've been following college basketball, there is another MAC conference spelled M A A C, also known as the MAC? Yes. What about the MEAC? Now, that's been around a long time, also. So the MEAC? Scintillating sports talk radio here. The yes. MEAC is different than the MAC. Yes, and and the SWAC is different from the WAC. Well, I knew the SWAC was different than the WAC, and I, I could always separate the MAC and the SWAC and the WAC. I had no problem with that. But when you throw in a second MAC and a MEAC, in addition to the SWAC and the WAC and the MAC that I know, now you got me confused, big dog. Now, uh, <laughs> now uh, do you get confused between the Colonial Conference and the Pioneer Conference? Uh, only on Tuesdays. Okay. Well, it's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, goodness. How you doing, Big Dog? We having a good show so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah phenomenal. I'm, I'm doing really, I'm doing, <laughs> and I'm sure, especially our New York listeners who know the difference between the Mac and the Mac. Yeah. Are loving this particular part of the show. Yeah. Well, you know, 30 years, things can, things can sneak by over 30 years of following It might be longer basketball. than that, Coach. Interesting. What, what does it stand for, the Mac? M- uh, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Okay. Interesting. Never knew there was two max. All right, at any rate, can I get back to the teams that have advanced? I would love if you did. Thank you very much. Woofer. Woofer. Defeated College of Charleston in the Southern Conference. Gonzaga over St. Mary's. Great game. West Coast Championship. St. Peter's, as we mentioned, champions of the back. And Old Dominion knocked off Virginia Commonwealth in the Colonial Big Dog. Four teams go dancing. And I would assume St. Mary's, even though they lost to Gonzaga, St. Mary's will still be uh, in, I would think. Yeah, I, that, that was one of those uh, ones. They, I think they're going to be in, Coach. I, I don't know if Gonzaga would have been if they lost. But Gonzaga won, and... And that, that's a pretty good conference. So the West Coast Conference will probably get two teams in. Mm-hmm. All right. Saw a couple of players last night. You know, it's one of the cool things about March Madness. You always discover players, but watching the uh, Southern Conference uh, Championship game, Noah Dolman, I believe his name is, from Wooford. Leading field goal percentage shooter in the country, 61% shooter, 6'6", white kid. He plants himself down on the blocks and has some of the best post moves you ever want to see and i didn't know but the kid who plays for carl's uh college of charleston andrew galbert i'm butchering his last name he is the leading scorer has the most points scored of any player currently playing in college basketball right now most most points scored in his career Uh, most actually he's a senior near the end of his career then yeah well now he's at the end because college of charleston lost Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, but it, but it isn't kind of cool watching teams like that. You don't hear about You discover some of these talented players, kind of cool stories that you don't normally, you might not otherwise know about. It's part of the beauty, part of the magic of March Madness. Yeah, and it's funny. is Every year there's like a low-post player. Usually it's a white dude, but it can be anybody. But like, there's no chance in the NBA. But they're unstoppable on the college level on the low block. And they're from a small school, and they carry somebody into the Sweet 16. It almost happens every single year. Mm-hmm. And then you always wonder, why, why can't these guys make it in the NBA? And then you find out, I mean, they're like 
they have no quickness whatsoever. All they have are solid fundamentals that they, you can use in college game and at the pros. Yeah, that same move is not going to work at the professional level, especially when you're six six, not six ten. But uh, uh, good stuff, good game. More of them coming up tonight. But uh, it was good stuff last night. Old Dominion knocking off Virginia Commonwealth and. Uh, uh, Old Dominion is in Virginia Commonwealth. Big Dog, you are our bubbleologist. Uh, other shows have bracketologists. We have bubbleologists. Some say Virginia Commonwealth still on the bubble, um, or would you say it's officially deflated? I, I, they still have a chance, Coach, to get in. Okay. I, I, I really think that they could get it. All depends on how many um, borderline teams win their conference that weren't going to get in, in, in the other way. Mm-hmm. So right now. They're in the tournament, but if Iowa wins the Big Ten tournament and some other like some other stuff like that goes down, like Washington State wins the back Ten tournament, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that bubble starts getting kind of weak, Coach, and yeah. it might burst underneath them. All right, so there'll be a lot of teams rooting for favorites to win, especially the the, the major conference tournament. Oh, absolutely, Coach, absolutely, because every one of those, and and depending on what happens, like with Butler and uh, and uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee tonight. Yep, Wisconsin, Milwaukee wins. I mean, Butler's going to get in before VCU. You know, so like, like right now, VCU is definitely rooting for Butler tonight, without a doubt, because Butler, I, I think they're pretty similar in teams with just the simple fact that Butler went to the national title game last year. Mm-hmm. They kind, don't you think they would kind of give the nod to Butler, Coach? Shouldn't. I mean, the I voters, they if, they're, if they're doing their job, they, they should count this year only. What happened last year should not affect the team, but you're probably right. They're, they're human, and it does. Yeah, uh, and I, I really don't have as much a problem getting to the national title game and getting a little bit of nod the next year. Mm-hmm. That's a little different, I think. Of. Well, what, what, maybe. Maybe. What about a team like Michigan State? Great story, tradition, known for good finishes, known for tournament runs. Should they get an advantage when it's real close over another team that maybe has had a better season this year? No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. That's not uh, – I didn't mean it that way, and I only meant to just like – a little bit of nod because last year they were in the title game, and that's it. Okay. That, that's And I would only like to almost prove, hey, this is a good team. Let them try to go further this All year. Right. So. Well, I know you don't give a little bit of nod very easily, so we're going to take that with uh, with true fruition, my friend. Uh, you want to talk some March Madness? We're leading it off with March Madness Talk, 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and a Coach, basketball intensive here, lots of other stories to get you with you right up until 11 o'clock. I don't know if you saw or not, but another coach got fired a couple days ago, Jim Les from Bradley, but uh, yesterday Bobby Knight's son, Patrick Knight, released from his position for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Big Dog. Well, that answers our question from about three weeks ago when you asked me if Patrick yep. Knight was still there. So, yep. yes, but not for long. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah, the Texas Tech, I mean, they fell off the map just because you're Bobby Knight's son doesn't mean you can coach. Mm-hmm. So, All right, we'll see. He'll probably get a second chance, I would think. You know, and, and I do – normally, you know, I don't usually don't feel bad for people that have made millions of dollars to play or coach or act or anything like that. But I do feel for him because he's Bobby Knight's son. How bad yep. does that have to be? Yep. Seriously, every day you wake up and you're, you got a grouch and a complainer mm-hmm. and a jerk for a dad. <laughs> I thought you were talking about. be like, well, where was Shostesky when my mom was hanging out? You know, why does he have to end up with this dude? <laughs> I thought you were alluding to the fact that he's always got a coach with the pressure knowing that his dad, you know, is the all-time famous coach. No, I could care less about that. He's getting paid millions of dollars, so he better deal with the pressure. Mm-hmm. So. 
All right, so, another coach that got let go yesterday after I think going winless in whatever conference they play in, maybe the Colonial Towson State. Pat Kennedy, ex DePaul coach, ex Iona coach, ex Montana coach, ex about two other schools, but he is uh, no longer coaching Towson State. I know, I'm sure you're shocked. Uh, yeah, to be quite honest with you, I thought he quit coaching them two or three years ago. <laughs> Yeah, Towson State used to be pretty good. I don't yes. think they're in the Colonial coach, but they're, they're, they're obviously on the East Coast because they're on a Maryland team. Mm-hmm. So now Their I error mean, was the, pointed out, or their mistake was uh, hiring Patrick Kennedy in the first place. You'd think after four other schools, got Burry talks a good game, dresses extremely well. He can sell you three cars in the space of about two hours, but he can't keep a program going for yeah, any he, length of time. He's the type of guy that can recruit yes. above the school that he's at. Yep. But when he recruits those guys, he's almost like afraid to coach them and be disciplinarians to them because mm-hmm. he's afraid he might lose the kids. Yes. And he and forgets to remind them that when he recruits them, that part of the collegiate basketball experience is walking across the quad and actually attending a class on occasion. Yeah, I knew when he was at uh, DePaul, um, those players weren't exactly academically striving. Not exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you know they had some good teams. Or Bobby Simmons, Quentin mm-hmm. Richardson. They, he brought in some. He brought in a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was four or five. Uh, was it Stephen Holland? They had a couple first round draft picks. Coach mm-hmm. Stephon Howard. Stephon Howard. Howard okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you already alluded to some big games coming up tonight. That's the Horizon Conference Championship. You Milwaukee against uh, Butler. We also got the beginning of the Big East Conference. Big dog. If you're out in Las Vegas, setting the odds. My DePaul Blue Demons. One win of the season, coming off a 48-point loss to Syracuse. And, oh, did I mention their best player, Cleveland Melvin, will not be playing. What odds would you give them if they went on a run and won five straight and won the Big East tournament? By the way, they would have to win six straight. Six? Yeah, because they do that. They, the one through four oh, yeah, gets that's a double right. buy. That's right. The five through eight gets a single buy. So they'd have to win. So, uh, so nine through twelve plays an extra game, and thirteen through sixteen have to play two extra games to win it all. Is what I mean. So uh, thirteen hundred thousand to one, coach. Hundred thousand to one. There is no way <laughs> in hell can DePaul win six games in six days versus that competition, minus their best player. Yes. Okay. 100,000 to 1. 100,000 to 1. Welcome to the show, DuPaul Blue Demon fans. Now, hopefully next year the odds will be down to like 50,000 to 1. Oliver Purnell's got them on the right track. They're just heading down that track just a little bit slow, but they'll get there. Yeah, well, uh, we were we were hoping for a moral victory. Mm-hmm. That's what I predicted, as a matter of fact, against Syracuse. I don't think 40, uh, 48 no. moral victory. No, it was almost immoral. For adult viewing uh, only, NCR 17, Syracuse by 48 points. Wow. I didn't see that game, but that's brutal. All right, so you got the Big East Conference Tournament starting tomorrow. A couple of more uh, small conference games on tonight. Big Dog, I've got them on tape. I will report them to you, but you got to love March Madness. It has begun officially. Any, um, any particular team besides Illinois, Big Dog, that just from a sentimental standpoint that you're kind of rooting for? Well, uh, you know, the fact that uh, a little bit for BYU, because I do like Jimmer for that. But okay. you know, after kicking the kid off the team for having sex with his girlfriend, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little I'm a little upset about that. So I really don't want to root for them. So I, I usually just take the Big Ten teams, Coach. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a team that is like, 
captured my heart with some type of story or that I'd like to coach or the kids that much. Uh, I, to be honest with you, typically I'll have a team for you. Like last year, I really was pulling for Butler all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's no, like, Cinderella team that I'm hoping can pull it out this year. Okay. All right, you see they came out with the all-Big Ten team. So who who was the guy left out on the first team that we were talking about yesterday? Uh, it would be David Lighty. Okay. He won okay. second team. So Sullinger, Jawan Johnson, Etwan Moore, John Lewis, Jordan, Taylor. First team, Taylor Battle, David Lighty, William Buford of Ohio State making second team. Uh-huh. A little bit surprised there. Kalen Lucas of Michigan State. I thought he might drop. He still made second team. Trevor Mbakwe, the monster in the middle for Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. He might be the best pro out of the 10 that you just said, though. He's only a freshman. That's uh, Yeah, really, Coach. That, unbelievable. Third team, Dimitri McCamey, Darius Morris from Michigan, Draymond Green, Michigan State, Michael Thompson, Northwestern, John Debor, Ohio State, and here's where they went wrong. And I'm I'm a Northwestern fan. They put John Sherna on the third team. Big Dog, if you judge Big Ten play only, John Sherna's not even honorable mention. Yeah, it was a rough year. He had no lift. And he couldn't hit his shots. I mean, you know, he played very well in the non-conference schedule, but Big Ten season, he was a uh, just a decent player, and maybe yeah, he uh, he did not have a the, the season that the Northwestern Wildcats were hoping for. No. He was pretty banged up, though. He had a bad ankle, mm-hmm. bad back. Yes, and it seemed like that people just tee off on him. It was like he was playing football for Northwestern, not basketball. I don't think I've ever seen a guy get hit like him in years. Mm-hmm. University of Illinois, Mike Davis, who was playing for his uh, NBA. Life this year made honorable mention all Big Ten. Mike, uh, Mike Tisdale was nowhere to be seen, by the way. Uh, I don't think any of them deserved any type of uh, recognition for their, their senior year coach. I, I, like, I, I don't want to sit there and bash those guys, but I, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never been more disappointed. in a, Well, I guess the Sean Pruitt-Brian Randall uh, senior yeah. class. That was probably the worst yeah. in Illinois history. Yeah, that team oh. took underachieving to a new level. They brought out the shovels and dug yeah. so they can underachieve a little more. Sean Pruitt was another guy like Mike Davis who, you know, was playing to be an NBA player, and I could have told him about three years before there's no chance in hell that he's going to play in the NBA. But he thought he yeah, would. I, yeah, I remember, I remember the, the, the thing where yeah, he, uh, Mike Davis is, uh, declared himself eligible for the draft, but he's not going to get an agent, so he won't ruin his eligibility. I was like, oh, what a relief. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Kept that option open just in case yeah. he was picked number one overall. Translated means he probably couldn't find a uh, agent to take him on. No, I hate to tell you, Coach, an agent will take a chance with anybody. Yeah, you're probably right. You can always, can always find an up-and-coming agent, which actually, if this uh, current gig doesn't want work out for you, the one that you work a lot, you're unpaid, and it's obvious that you're unpaid, being a sports agent, Big Dog, you know, you, with a little bit of practice, that, that might fit the bill for you. Yeah, well, no, I have to be a coach is what I should be doing. Think so. But, uh, the, you know, I, I thought about being an agent way back in the day, but I really don't have the, um, I don't know, the, like the, the killer instinct. Because mm-hmm. I would go in and I would talk to the owner and I would, you know, start, you know, talking sports with him and what we should pay the guy. And then eventually I'd be like, yeah, you know, you're right. This guy's overpaid. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I, I would have to make sense. Yeah. I, I would almost feel bad, like. Ripping somebody off. Okay, I, I feel right. like I was part of the problem. Hold on. On my list of 63 jobs I got for the big dog, you're absolutely right. I am checking off <laughs> agent. That would not yeah. work well right in the middle of the negotiation. Yeah, you know what? You got a point, man. This guy's <laughs> way overpaid. 
888-463-6748. Bring up basketball real quick before we take a break. Other topics on the docket. Uh, go to the NBA level. Big Dog, your favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, won again yesterday. Very workmanlike job, 85-77, nine in a row at home. Uh, they continue on the hot streak. Very impressive. Derek Rose, Carlos Boozer with a comeback game. But your Bulls, uh, they didn't look great, but they looked good. Uh, I didn't get to watch the game. I really wish I would have. And uh, I, I do like the defensive intensity over the last uh, three minutes and 19 seconds yes. of the game. Uh, the Hornets didn't score at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that the Hornets were without Chris Paul. But you, you just beat the Heat. And the Bulls have had a tendency to before or after big games this year mm-hmm. to lose games that they really shouldn't and kind of wreck the great win that they had. So it, it was good to see them come out, beat the Heat and then grind out a victory versus a wounded uh, Hornets team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, so you know, for one game, you're missing your star, Chris Paul. Sometimes for one game, the team can elevate to even higher level because basically all the other players want to show the coach, want to show the fans, want to show their teammates, want to show themselves that they can do a little bit more. So now the ball is not in Chris Paul's hands so much. Other guys can elevate their game. Sometimes it's hard to beat a team missing a player like that for at least – that immediate game after, because everybody else looking to step up their game, no? Jared Jack, who replaced uh, Chris yep. Paul, is a really good backup point guard. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's as good as C.J. Watson from the from the Bulls, mm-hmm. but I, I do think he's one of the better ones, top five in the league, and he had, came on and had a really good game last night for the mm-hmm. for the yep. Hornets. Yep, Amica Okafor and company. Jared Jack, Georgia Tech? Yes, yeah. he, he was uh, He was the jumping jack on the Georgia Tech yes. team that uh, – he was really young on the team in, in 2004 that lost to Mecca yep. before in UConn in the championship team game. They had a great tournament run. Georgia Tech went all the way to the championship with that team? Yeah, they, wow. they went to the championship game, and uh, Connecticut controlled it pretty much the whole game. They won by mm-hmm. about 10. Was that? That was a, that was a, that was a really good uh, uh, Ben Gordon, Mecca Okafor team yep. at, uh, on Connecticut. Bobby Kremens coaching Georgia Tech back then? No, he was not. Okay. And I'll think of it. He's a. Paul Hewitt. Oh, yeah, Paul Hewitt. Uh huh. Who moved on to what Southeast Conference school is he at? I don't know, but I think he should have stayed at Georgia Tech. Yeah, where did he go? Did he go to Louisville and then got replaced? No, 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 no. Uh, Patino's been at Louisville for about, he's been there a while now, Coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Memories. All the memories. All right, 888-463-6748. Folks, give us a call. Talk some March Madness. We come back from the break. we got other topics to get to. Anything else on the Bulls before we uh, take a quick break, Big Doug? Um, no, I'm good with that. We can move on. Okay. Oh, we should mention one other NBA note, by the way. Uh, Kevin Love did tie the all-time NBA record, Moses Malone's double-double streak of 50 games in a row. He got 23-17 and 17 last night. Unfortunately, again, in a Minnesota Timberwolves loss. But, uh, big deal, that's pretty impressive. 50 yeah. consecutive double-doubles. Now, uh, how far back have they, are they tracking that, tracking that record? Um, you I, you know what? I'm, I'm looking that up because I heard this morning it is, the, it is tying the modern record set by Mo- okay. Moses Malone. Because l- let's, I'm just going to go out there on a limb and say in 1961-62 when Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 and 27. He might have had 82 games that year where he. It's uh, a good point. He got a double double. Back, back he had then, 27 rebounds. The term double double wasn't even around. I mean, people didn't think about it back then. No, it was triple double, even though that same season, Oscar Robinson averaged uh-huh. a triple double that season. Well, could I even take you back further? And is possibly George Mikan. 
had a yeah, streak well, like why that. Not? Yeah, because he averaged about 20 rebounds a game. He right. averaged like 25 points, 20 rebounds a game for a mm-hmm. couple seasons. Yeah. So that's, you're exactly right. He could, okay. have, he could easily have that uh, a coach. Uh, let's, let's call it the modern-day record, the uh, nephew of the Beach Boys, Kevin Love, getting that job done. So very nicely done for him. Now he's just got to get his Minnesota Timberwolves team to actually win a couple of games. That'd be nice. All right, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, news and notes, titillating tidbits. We're going across the sports venue, big dog. So sit tight, strap yourself in, and please remember your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Quick break. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, big dog, we're back. Two Guys at a Mic show. I uh, saw a uh, in the newspaper yesterday two different church signs. You get a kick out of these. You ready? All right, let's hear it. All right, one of the uh, signs next to a church is said, under same management for 2,000 years. <laughs> and the other one said, if you are looking for a sign from God, dash, here it is. <laughs> here I thought those were good. Very nicely done. 888-463-6748. Back on the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Big dog, i got to span the, the sports globe here. Some titillating tidbits. Are you ready to go a little fast forward? We can't expound too much now. we got to move along with speed and efficiency. Are you ready for that? I'll keep it short and sweet. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, first, first, uh, let's mention our Chicago Blackhawks. Eight-game winning streak, hottest team in the NHL. They go for nine today, taking on the Carolina Panthers. Your thoughts, short and sweet, my friend. Uh, this team was in 11th place. They could end up with the third seed in the Western Conference if they keep on playing the way they are. Possibly the second seed is, is, is really not entire, entirely mm-hmm. out of the question. It's unbelievable. So you see, the, you see the streak continuing. They're going to... You think they finally figured it out, caught the magic? I'm going to believe so, yes. Okay. So they're, the, they're the Stanley Cup uh, champions. Okay. Are you aware where the Blackhawks will be uh, on the road at Friday? Uh, is it Detroit? It is not. Is it Washington? I'll, uh, yes. More specific. Are they, are they playing the Capitals? I'll give you a hint. It's not a game. They may be playing the Capitals on Saturday or Thursday, but Friday they will be visiting uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. 1,600 Pennsylvania Avenue? 1,600, baby. Barack Obama studying up on his hockey right now because I don't think Barack knows a lot about hockey. What, what's the chance uh, Patrick Kane gets some in the Lincoln bedroom? <laughs> because, like, legitimately, hopefully he's off of women by now, but he might break Will Chamberlain's record. From the stuff I've heard about Patrick Kane over the last couple yeah, months, yeah, that, that, yeah, you know, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah. Close. Let's just hope for uh, two hours at Pennsylvania Avenue he can control his urges. Dustin Bufflin is the one I'm worried about. Oh, he's going to be there too. 
Well, yeah, they invite all the old Blackhawks. I mean, I'm a, I probably some of them can't make it, but I'm open. I think Dustin Buff will be there. Yeah, I, I, it's, I don't know. Hopefully he's there. I like mm-hmm. the kid. I, I wish he was still on the team. I'd much rather have him in a Blackhawk uniform than in the White House. You think in between, like, rising gas prices and its effect on the economy, upheaval in the Mideast and a huge deficit, do you think in between those meetings today, Barack Obama has like a half an hour session where they're, they're bringing him up on hockey, some of the terms in hockey. You think he's studying up on that? No, no, not not hockey. You don't think so? And you, you do realize the guy watches sports, sports Center and ESPN all day long. You realize uh, that? I know he's a sports fan. I, w- I would think he'd need a little brushing up on hockey. Maybe not. He's not going to have to say, he's not going to have to get into anything. He's going to be like, hey, you guys won the cup. Congratulations. Okay. You know that Baba Booey from Howard Stern pooped in it, and then you drank out of it. <laughs> so, so he'll be uh, he'll be aware of that particular fact, if not any hockey rules or regulations, huh? Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. I almost forgot that, and then thank you for reminding me of that. I can do that for you. Thank you. Uh, item number two, titillating tidbits, NFL Players Union and the NFL owners met for four hours yesterday, big dog. So on the bright side, talks are not uh, – being separated, they seem to be coming together. People are fairly optimistic that there'll be some uh, something significant coming out of these meetings. Your thoughts? Uh, absolutely, Coach. It, it isn't whether or not the deal's going to get done. People that are freaked out that we're going to lose football next year, mm-hmm. number one, don't worry about it. We're not going to lose football. Number two, worst things in the world have happened, so let's not get upset about it. Okay. Uh, Revenue sharing, is- rookie wages, uh Benefits for retired schedule. players and the 18-game schedule. Those are the four key factors, apparently. Yeah, 18-game schedule, that's just Ooh. that's unreal, Coach. I'm assuming the owners are favoring it a little bit and the players maybe not? Or is that the other way around? Um, I, I, I'm, no, the, 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 the owners are – that's what they're demanding. Okay. That if you, want, if you want extra benefits, you better play two more games in order to get them. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the deal that's going on now. Right. So the owners and, uh, aren't worried. The players, the players are saying if we play two more games, we won't need benefits. We're going to need uh, life insurance. Forget the health insurance. They'll be dead two more games a year. <laughs> All right. So, that, well, there's your compromise. You just solve to, you know, <laughs> increase the benefits for the retire program, and, uh, and then and you can play your 18 games. Yeah, that's that's actually what's that's what's going on. So don't, don't worry, people. Don't ask are they going to play football next year. Just ask how many football games they're going to play next year. If you're wondering. All right, item number three, titillating tidbits. Uh, spring football. Some schools going to be next week. Some schools the week after. But believe it or not, some colleges, including our very own Northwestern University, have opened up spring football already for the college kids. Big dog. Arguably one of the great traditions in all of sports. Uh, yes, coach. You know, if I was, you, you know how much I love, love college football. Yes. But it, it, it's funny for some reason, I don't get all giggly like everybody else seems to get over, over spring football. Maybe it's because I'm getting so giggly over baseball typically this time of year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, for, I, I have not gotten on that bandwagon. Okay. Even though like if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't mind going to a spring game at Alabama, watching a hundred thousand drunk people, you know, act like a fool. <laughs> Sounds like a good time would be had by all. Oh yeah, without question. I'm not, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah. For some reason though, and I'm not kidding you. Every time I have followed like really closely spring ball, <laughs> you know, I would come back and be like, "This dude's going to start for USC," and but and then all of a sudden the season was started. Everything that supposedly happened in spring training was just a lie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many times I've been burned by that. It's, yeah. it's ten times worse than spring training in baseball. A lot Which, of way, players, a lot of players, big dog, look good in shorts. 
play well yes, in shorts. You know, that's a, they have that full contact game. Don't forget, they mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, you and me, I've, I've got a ticket if you're interested in going as a season ticket holder to a Northwestern University. Purple and white game in a couple of weeks. If you want to sit up in the stands with me and commiserate, uh, you're more than welcome to come. Okay, no, I'll go with you, Coach. Nobody else will come I, I will with me, so you go. If well. I am still in the city of Chicago and not in New York, I'll be extremely depressed. But I'll, Well, it would, is it in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday? It is. Uh, yeah, I'll have probably have yeah. to be at work. Kids 12 and under invited down on the field for you. We could uh, maybe get you down there. You could help, you know, teach some linebacker drills with the young kids. Not bad. Uh, how to take yeah. on a block. Are you, uh, you snuck something in. I mean, are you moving to New York, something I'm not aware of? Well, if Major League Baseball hires me, I'll, uh, they're going to move me to New York, Coach. What position is this now? Commissioner, general manager, director of player operations, or? It would be my own show, and uh, I would. Uh, I'm, it's the ultimate baseball fan. And what I'll have to do, coach, is I'll have to watch every single major league baseball game this season, and then write about it, uh, vlog about it, blog and vlog, tweet about it, mm-hmm. do a show about it. Uh, I, I've got a lot of ideas, coaches. They basically need like a baseball expert to watch every single game this year. How how is it possible to watch every single game? Can't do there's, that. There's a something called television and a, a television that. studio. So I'll be at the MLB Network studio, uh-huh. and I'll be able to watch every single game. Okay, so, it's a skill. Don't don't forget. I used to watch six football games at one time, so I can watch six baseball games. It's even easier. Mm-hmm. Some going on simultaneously. Yes. Interesting. And then you, you know, you'd be surprised because, you know, the Major League Baseball does try to to have the games, like, fall in a sequence where you can see as much as you possibly can if you have the MLB Network extra innings package. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So you could be headed out to New York. Now, hopefully you'll still do the show, even if you get this gig with MLB. Well, I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably have better equipment and actually be able to be on Beautiful. through Skype and the computer more often Beautiful. than I have. Beautiful. All right, well, we wish you the best of luck with that. When do you, when do you find out? Um, sometime this week I'm going to find out, I'm pretty sure, because yeah. I would leave my first day of work, and it would be March 23rd. All right, do you got a better job at this than the Cubs PA position? I mean, there's not like 18,000 people applying for this? Um, coach, uh, there was probably more than that because it was uh, Major League Baseball had this contest. Mm-hmm. They had uh, every single team was blaring it out. So just the same many people that are trying out for uh, the Cubs PA thing, just a lot more to actually try out for this. So I'm basically the finalist for it. So well, well, you are. I... How how many people down in the finals? Um, one or two. Wow. Basically, if I pass the background check, coach. Really? If you pass the background check, you're going to be chosen. I'm pretty sure as the ultimate I... fan. I shouldn't say that. I really don't want to say okay, that. Because that's, that's because if I don't get it, people are going to think I'm a murderer. Well, how did, or something like uh, that. You know, I know we're on titillating tidbits, news and notes, and stuff like that. Here we got to move along. But how did you, how did you surpass the other twenty thousand people and make the final final cut? Because I did a video. Okay. I handed in a resume and explained why I would be best for this, and they called me back and they were like, "We really liked your video." Blah blah blah. All right. I'm a little and, hurt uh, that they you... asked me about 20 minutes of questions, and after about 20 minutes of uh, speaking to this young lady named Elena, who, by the way, this girl Elena, not only does she sound beautiful, she sounds she's extremely intelligent. Wow, 
Okay, coach. Wait a minute. Beautiful. Be a to work for. Intelligent and loves baseball. Yeah. This could be the so start of. Our, I, could be the start of a relationship say, here. Yeah, heck yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about, coach. <laughs> and just in case she's actually listening to the program right now. Okay, very And then good. so after like 20 minutes of questions, she was uh-huh. like, "Hey, would you move to New York? We would start on March 23rd." I'm like, uh, "Yeah, immediately." And she's like, "Were you willing to go through a background check?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay, we'll get back to you." Yeah. Yeah. She sent me an email, and I did everything she told me to do. You are not exactly I'm tied like, down in the city of Chicago. I'm a little hurt you didn't ask me to, uh, you know, write a reference for you or anything. Oh uh, well, you know. Wait, so, actually, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Now that I recall, I did write something for you. Oh, did you? Did I, you send it to that woman? Yeah, I did. Jay okay, Dublin, or so I hope I didn't ruin your chances. Yeah, Jay Dubin. All right. Jennifer Dubin. Yeah. Well, now if you don't get the gig, you can blame me. Well, I'm not blaming anybody. If I don't get the gig, I'm going to have to blame it for a, a drunken evening back in 1993. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, boy. Well, I'm not going to name names. Hurt, but but no, there's Nobody was hurt. But I got to tell you something. That, that cow had one of the best nights of her entire life. Okay, Coach? That's all I have to say. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> I will move along from that particular comment. I will not name names, but there's another sports talk host. Fairly big in the city of Chicago who just had the same uh, calamity happen to them last night, Big Dog, and it might uh, might affect their his career as well. Oh, what happened? Well, again, I'm not going to mention the name right now. I'm going to let what, David Olson, yes, sir. It's not necessarily going to affect his career because there was another sportscaster Uh-oh. Who, who, who was hit with the same thing about two months ago, and he's still on the air. Who was the one from two months ago? Mike Adamley. Yeah, but Adamley was proven that was that was an incorrect. He was not over the limit. Yeah, they found that that was a officer mistake. Oh, okay. Well, I did, yeah, I didn't officer read the follow mistake. up on that one. All right, moving right along. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. David Olson, our producer. I'm holding him responsible. Big dog. We have been known over our seven or eight year career, and now uh, almost a year and a half in the talk zone of being the number one sports talk show to keep people updated day to day updates. On the Iditarod, the Alaskan sled dog race, apparently the race started and we were not notified of it. Again, I hold our producer responsible. But the Alaskan sled race, the famous Iditarod, has begun, Big Dog, and I know you're a big fan. Huge fan, Coach. Huge fan. Uh, who's in it this year? Because usually you got to go with the chubby chick. Mm-hmm. They do the best. Well, there is the four-time defending champion. This guy's. I mean, he owns the Iditarod. He is the Tiger Woods of the Iditarod, Lance Mackey, and apparently he uh, was the first musher, that's what they call him, the first musher to pass the rainy pass checkpoint. So four-time defending champ Lance Mackey. It's early, Big Dog, but he is in the lead once again. Well, it's good to know, Coach, <laughs> that uh, you know dominance continues. Yes, thank you very much. All right, now moving on to item number five, This this one. Are you ready for this? First of all, let me just mention the Kentucky Derby. 58 days and counting Big Dog to the 137th running of the Kentucky Derby. But do you remember uh, Rachel Alexandra, maybe the greatest female horse of all time? Yeah, yeah. She is, I guess in horse racing terms, they call it, quote-unquote, in full. She is pregnant. She has been impregnated. Are you ready for who the uh, the pregnator is? Uh, Barboa. <laughs> Barbaro? Barbaro, yeah. It was not Barbaro. Not for lack of trying, from what I heard. Two-time two time National Horse of the Year, Curlin, is the father. Curlin, Curler? 
Curlin and Rachel Alexander have hooked up. Can you believe it? Is Curlin a Kentucky Derby winner, Coach? Curlin did not win the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Don't think so. But won a lot of races, and I know was uh, you know horse of the year two times counting. I mean, one of the great horses of all time, Curlin. So, so they're expecting like a, a horse that's going to be an absolute giant with little tiny stick legs that probably will be too fast for its own good. Interesting. That's what that's what's been happening when you get these super horses okay. put together, coach. Because yeah, there's a lot of people that are probably bidding on that foal already. But you're you're putting a little cold water on the party here, huh? Well, that's what happened to Barbara. What happened to Barbara? Barbara was bred in a way that uh, its legs were too. It was, it was the fastest horse that you could possibly make, but it was this gigantic beast on these little skinny legs that eventually broken. Well, you know the rest of the story. Interesting. All right. All right. So I, I mean, thought... it's, it's good. like the. And I forgot who Barbara was sired by, but it was uh, it mm-hmm. was like major, major, like ridiculously genetically great horses, mm-hmm. and like Barbara was like too much. It was just like too fast and too skinny. Okay. So. Uh, here you have a horse fetus about th- three months in the making, and uh, already uh, Big Dog is predicting the demise of this uh, poor fetus. Thank you very much. Way to ruin oh, a good dog. way to Only way to ruin dog. a good story, Big Dog. Oh, I got to put it. Well, I didn't mean to put any cold water on it, Coach. But I'm just trying to be real here. All right, thank you very much. Uh, real quick, out to spring training, pitchers and catchers, as we know, have been reported. Teams are playing their exhibition games. Yesterday, we shocked the world with the Ramos Ramirez of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Expressing the desire to steal more bases. Yesterday, the Cubs lose 14-13. to Big Doug Carlos Silva getting lit up again. Are you worried about your number six pitcher or um, not a problem? Uh, no, I'm not worried about him, Coach. There's other issues that I have in the world, and, and, and <laughs> I know he's bad. So the fact that he was good for the first couple of months of last season, mm-hmm. I'm going to take – there's a reason why we got him for Milton Bradley, Coach. We're not putting our eggs in the Carlos Silva basket and expecting to win the Central Division this year. Okay. So the thing that bothers me is uh, the fact that Aramis Ramirez has to wear catcher's equipment while he plays third base whenever Carlos Silva pitches. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it has been a rough first couple of games for Carlos, no question about it. Randy Wells, I guess, uh, battling for that number five pitching spot as well. Uh, and he's been pitching pretty good. You think he's the leading candidate for the Cubs? Uh, to be honest, between Carlos Silva and Randy Wells, yes. And and I just it needs to be known that if Carlos Silva is not in the Cubs starting rotation, he needs to be released. He cannot be on their roster as uh, a bench player because he will create a very bad attitude and atmosphere mm-hmm. around the clubhouse and the team. Okay. So it, Randy Wells, if he doesn't make it, he won't be he won't be like that. But you know, Carlos Silva will. Mm-hmm. So. All right, but they'd have to eat, what, about $13 million to do that? Seattle's staying half of this contract this year, too, so who Oof. cares? It would cost it would cost about $6 million. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's better that I'd rather pay $6 million for Carlos Silva not playing for the Cubs than pay $11 million to have Milton Bradley not playing for the Cubs. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. The opposite of the cake or cake with ice cream situation. You go <laughs> no, from, go from more, bad to worse. That's more of uh, lashes with a chain or lashes with a whip. Mm-hmm. White Sox played their squid, split squad game yesterday. Big Dog beat Arizona 12-1, to tied Cleveland 16-16. to Chris Sale, the freshman sensation from last year. We all know there's times people can have that sophomore jinx. It happened a little bit to Gordon Beckham, but in his first two appearances early in the season, Chris Sale or is it Saleh? It's Chris Sale, Coach. He was, their, he was their number one draft pick last year, yep. and he, yeah, he's good. 
the kid, the kid is good. All right, so you and, are not uh, the, you're not predicting any kind of sophomore jinx for him. Uh, no, not at all. Especially if they keep him where they keep him, which is you know, in the bullpen, getting lefties out. I, I I don't know if they want him starting in Major League Baseball just then. And if they do want him to start, put him in the minors for a while. So okay. we'll see what happens there. But the the story yesterday is. Uh, they they changed uh, that uh, where the Diamondbacks and the White Sox played their split squad game was their both of their old place in Tucson. It was also uh, it was a Memorial Day for the victims of the January 8th shooting ah. in Arizona. Okay, and uh, John Green, who is a scout for the Dodgers, Dallas Green, you yes. know, uh, Philly icon, yep, Chicago Cub general manager for in '84 when he built that great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all there. It was really, really touching stuff that was said. Yeah. And his daughter it was awesome. His was daughter really got cool. tragically shot in that incident. Yes, yeah. and uh, they handled it with first class. Yep. Uh, Reinsdorf, everybody did. Yep. It was pretty cool. Coach. Ozzie Guillen was out there, I think, on uh, the pitcher's mound signing the uh, baseball, and, and he had his uh, son out there as well. Ozzie Guillen's son was out there? No, no, no. No, I'm talking oh, uh, about uh, John, Green. John Green's son was out there as well. And, yeah, his son's name is Dallas after his grandpa. Ah, so cool. That's pretty very cool. cool. Very uh-huh. cool. Speaking of great names, by the way, a parent guy who's apparently playing pretty well in the Sox camp has a chance to stick. I'm rooting for him on name alone. Lastings Millage. Lastings Millage could be a Chicago White Sox this year. Big dog, I'm rooting for the guy. Lito, Lastings Millage needs to look over to Leste Ramirez and try to be a little bit more like him. And I, I'm not kidding you. I was like, you know how like when Alexei Ramirez came up, he would just do stuff that would make you go, I, I can't believe what I just saw. And mm-hmm. then he, uh, the next the next day, who you'd be like, man, I can't believe what I just saw. Did he really do that? It was, last thing else is the same white coach. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll make plays that are just unbelievably incredible, and then like the next day, he'll, he'll drop the baseball and then like look at it when it's on the ground and shrug his shoulders and be like, oh, this is my life's horrible. I dropped a fly ball and like, let it lay there. He does remarkably dumb thing throughout his career coach. Now let me ask you this real quick, couple of minutes left. You want to check in, talk a little baseball here. We span the globe. Any of the topics we uh, talked about, you want to uh, inquire with the big dog, feel free to do so. 888 the phone number. But big dog, when you're applied for the MLB job that you appear to be on the cusp of getting, when I you will, become the ultimate fan, would you have to completely put away your your hometown love of the Chicago Cubs, do they demand that you be objective? Or did they say, no, you can still put your Cub then part of it? You know, you know, Coach, let's be honest. I've always been objective about the Cubs. I can root for the Cubs and tell you if they're good or bad or if something a player is good for their team or bad for their team. So that that's no problem whatsoever. Okay. Uh, none. Zero. I mean, seriously. You know, uh, that, like, Kopic told me a little bit about that last year. He's like, he's like it was – the only thing bad about the show that we were doing was he said that sometimes I would I would admit too much when the Cubs were bad and I would be it, it would have mm-hmm. been better if I would have tried to defend them and I'm like I yeah. can't defend garbage, you know. So yeah, well that was under the old black and blue uh, concept where you had to go up against a White Sox fan, so that was part of the shtick there. But there would yeah. the ultimate fan thing would be a different different. Oh yeah, thing. and I, I won't have any problem with that. I now have no problem admitting I'm a Cub okay. fan. But what what I want to do and be like, hey, Ramos Ramirez, he's a hustler. Mm-hmm. Yes. Carlos Zambrano's a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Alfonso Soriano, coach, he's fundamentally sound. <laughs> hey, is okay, it... you know what I mean? That, those those three things really don't come off the tongue like properly. <laughs> I, I I can't fake that. I'm going to acting classes, but I don't think I can fake that. All right, big dog, great job today. The hour has flown by as per usual. We uh, let off the show with a little sports guys talk politics, analyzing what Mohammar Mohammar. 
Qaddafi should do and what our reaction to be should be from them. Hello, blue 42, red 73. We then moved on to March Madness, and I think if I could recap our talk there, we figured out that the Mac and the Mac are the same, or are different, not in fact the same, and not to be confused with the SWAC or the WAC or the, what was the other, or the WAC. Or, or the, the MIAC, yes, and we threw the MIAC in there. But there are two MACs, one MIAC, one SWAC, and one WAC. Did I sum that up pretty well? Yeah, and don't confuse it with YAC either. No. Or NAC that Joe Kim Noah was drinking. Absolutely. Never want to confuse those things. All right, well, Big Dog, best of luck on the job. We're rooting for you, and uh, hopefully when we talk to you tomorrow, you're going to be New York bound, my friend. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll know by tomorrow, Coach, but, uh, yeah, I really, I really want this job. It would be perfect, absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. So hopefully yeah. I get it. Very good. We'll keep our eye. While you're on eyes on the job, we'll keep our eye on the Iditarod and the countdown to the Kentucky Derby as well, okay? Sounds good, Coach. <laughs> All right, Bindo, have a great day, everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. Irreverent Sports Talk and more. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job. TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic signing off. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.